Hello, everyone. This is episode 15 of season two of the More Math for More People podcast, and it's November 15th, 2022. Cheers. everyone. I'm Misty. And I'm Joel. And this is the More Math for More People podcast brought to you by CPM Educational Program. On this podcast, we discuss the CPM curriculum, trends in math education, and share strategies to shift instructional practices to create a more inclusive and student-centered classroom. We also highlight upcoming CPM professional learning opportunities and have conversations with math educators about how they do what they do. And we always try to have a little bit of fun and laughter as well. Indeed we do. So come and find out what shenanigans we're up to on this episode. Boom. All right, Joel, I'm ready to know what today is. Today is National Spicy Hermit Cookie Day. Yep. (laughs) You heard me. National (laughs) Spicy spicy Hermit Cookie. Is it Spicy Hermit Cookie or is it Spicy Hermit Cookie? It's a Spicy Hermit Cookie. Oh, so so there are other kinds of hermit cookies other than spicy ones. Well, there could be non-spicy hermit cookies. Full disclosure, I'm not that familiar with the hermit cookies. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. I, have no, I have no idea yeah. what a hermit cookie is. I'm really wondering why I, why it's called a hermit cookie. And somehow in my brain, it's conflating it with a hobo cookie, but I don't think that's a thing. But I that's – no. Anyway, hermit cookies. What are hermit cookies? Well, in my research – Hermit cookies are, they are cookies that are made with exotic spices. So like cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, maybe raisins. So it, so wait, okay, then that, then calling it a spicy hermit cookie seems redundant. Well, those are spices. Right, that's what I'm saying. But you just said a hermit cookie is made with spices. <laughs> that's true. So that, that's, it, it, yeah, that, I did I say that. <laughs> it doesn't make, I don't. So in 1880, the hermit cookie's born. <laughs> That was created was or born. made. Perhaps created. not born, yes. but okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> in 1936, they started adjusting the recipe, making modifications. Wow, they made them all the same for like 50 years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then by the 1990s, though, that's when the National Day of Celebration came in uh, for the spicy hermit cookie. Spicy but hermit cookie. It, it started as hermit cookie. Then yeah. they decided they needed to, to classify it. I see. So there, so there are possibly other kinds of hermit cookies that are not made with spices, mm-hmm. or we would, so we would not consider them to be spicy. And also, it's an interesting. It's not spicy like we like at least the way I would usually use spicy. Right. It's more like I would say there are spiced. Yeah. Hermit cookies, <laughs> which is interesting, right? Yeah. Okay. So. In 1990, at least, they decided to differentiate that there are other kinds of hermit cookies. I believe so. But, but I still like. Okay, but what? It, but otherwise, what is it? What, it's just. A, it's just like what kind of cookie is it? Well, it got its name because of how long it can be stored. So they were thinking that these simple ingredients could last such a long time that somebody, a hermit living in a forest, would use these kind of ingredients and store them for a long time. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. So, what are the ingredients? They're different than other cookies. Well, I don't, there's, there's <laughs> ginger, 
molasses. They <laughs> added I mean, the raisins. <laughs> does it like? I mean, aren't they just normal like cookies made from flour and butter and sugar? That's a good question that I don't have the answer uh-huh. to. All right, you bake oh, them. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if you want to become a hermit, then you should make these cookies, <laughs> or just enjoy a cookie. <laughs> or <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> celebrate on this uh, day. Yes, you should have a spicy or spiced, if you prefer, hermit cookie. <laughs> Once you have determined what are in them and why and found a recipe. That sounds great. Sounds good to me. Okay. Is that what you're going to do to celebrate Joel? You're going to I find am. a recipe and make I'm some I'm going to find cookies. a recipe. I'm going to make some. And I, I bet they... I could ship them to you. That's what I was just going to say. How long they take because they'll last. You could you could just <laughs> ship them like book rate to That's me. Right. And they would get here when they get here. <laughs> yes. And no one would care because they would still be delicious. Same Or they same would cookie. still be edible. I'm not sure That's, That's right. the same. But, fair. That's uh, fair. Awesome. Okay, great. I can't wait to get my... Spicy or spiced hermit cookies in the mail. Excellent. All right, I have an important announcement for you today. Today is the last day to get your early bird discount for the teacher conference. That's right. You need to register by the end of the day today if you want to save $75 off the main conference and $75 off a pre-conference. After today, you'll have to pay the regular price. The registration is open until January 13th of 2023, but you want to get your registration in today because you want to save money. And who doesn't want to save money? Everyone wants to save money. So you should get in right now. It's today. It's the last day. It's the early bird discount. Do it. End of announcement. Last week, we had the privilege of having a conversation with Monica Marie Jones, who is an executive coach who lives in Detroit. And last episode, we talked with her about emptying and closing your container and building buffers for self-care. We're going to continue that conversation now in part two. And if you did miss part one, we invite you to go back and listen to episode 214. Enjoy. So other than thinking about containers and buffers, what are some other ways that teachers and adults, but particularly, you know, teachers, since that's our audience, can kind of take care of themselves and and be able to be, it's sort of like by cutting back, we can sometimes be more, right? Or like, there's this, how can we do that? Absolutely. So I'll share a few more tips related to that. And you'll notice from Block Your Buffers 
that I'm, I love alliteration. So they're all quick, memorable things mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can kind of remember. So the next one I'll share is micro movement. And that ties to what you were saying about the wig, getting the wiggles out. I think sometimes we feel like we, we assign a certain meaning to movement. It has to be 30 minutes. It has to be an hour. It has to be at the gym. And it's like, no, it can be a one minute walk or a five minute stretch or, you know, so just getting those micro movements in throughout the day and not feeling like it has to be an hour or I just might as well not doing anything at all because it's not a real workout. Nope. Micro movements. I read in New York Times, they call them exercise snacks. So again, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not shaming yourself for not having the full body workout, but giving yourself time for micro movements, even as small as a minute. The other one is I call it flip your formulas. So this really came up um, during the pandemic when people were like trying to still stick to this eight to five schedule, a break every two hours. And it's like, ah, that may not work if you are, you know, trying to lead classes, but maybe your children are also at home and maybe, you know, so instead of always trying to fit into the mold of the way things and time have always been done, tuning into yourself and finding what works best for you. Maybe your peak brain hours are from 10 p.m. to midnight, right? Mm -hmm. Or from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. So do what works for you in the way you know best. During the pandemic, I had people flip their formula by instead of saying, oh, work for two hours and take a 15-minute break. I said, maybe you need to work for a super focused 15 minutes and take a two-hour break. Mm -hmm. Because I saw people trying to force themselves to focus and be on task. But anxiety or whatever was not allowing them to. So in the two hours, they only got about 15 minutes of good work done anyway. (laughs) So what if you flip that formula, had the focus 15, 20 minutes, gave yourself the break you need and then, you know, jump back in. And so instead of trying to hold ourselves to, you know, or fit into molds that no longer fit, in what ways can you reimagine time to make it work for you and, you know, again, your basic self-care needs. Right. I'm trying to think of how, like, it would be so great if we had that kind of flexibility and whatnot with schools and with kids, right? (laughs) Like, it's always, that is, that's so hard. I go into schools a lot and I see kids and adults, but primarily, you know, young people trying to, trying to do these things in this structure and this place where I'm like, this is hard for me to just sit for 50 minutes, walk, go to another place, sit for 50 minutes, don't talk to anyone, right? It's, I wish that we had some ways to make some of those things more flexible and more human. Mm. Yeah. And that, that was, you know, the whole focus of my talk in San Francisco was called prioritizing the wellness of the whole adult. Right. Because we talk about the whole child and wrap around. And so it's like, well, what does it look like for the whole adult? Because you bring your whole self to work, you know. So what are some things we can do to make sure we don't just focus on the academics and structure? And I know I know sometimes there are tight things we just have to adhere to. But where can we find the flexibility within that? Like you said, the, the being quiet part. What does that mean for people who learn by verbal processing? Right. So maybe the learning occurs where we're able to work in small groups or pairs and talk through the the answer or our, our process to solving the problem. And we can still get to the same outcomes we want to see for learning. So I know it's hard when we have set curriculums, but it's like, where can we find the <laughs> mm-hmm. flexibility yeah. within that? 
with our curriculum, that is one of the pieces of is the students are working in study teams, right? And then helping them mm-hmm. figure out how to work constructively in a team and how to, how to explain what I'm talking about, how to ask other people questions, how to, you know, it's because people don't just know how to work in a team. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very social creatures. But we just don't know how to do it. So that is a big piece of the CPM curriculum is giving kids those time to talk about their ideas because we do figure things out by, you know, even if we're not a totally verbal processor, if I, because I'm not a particularly verbal processor, but I can think through things and then talking about it allows me to edit it and kind of improve it as I'm talking about it. Yeah. And and speaking of working in teams, there's a, a training I used to do called cooperative learning. And it, it changed the game for me because I remember in school always like being the one either to do all the work or none of the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I used, to, I used to be like, oh, I don't like group work. But with the cooperative learning training, we talk about interdependent roles. Mm-hmm. So everyone has a role. And if everyone doesn't do their part, you cannot do the the, the outcome. So it's kind of like tennis. You can't play mm-hmm. tennis by right. yourself. Right. <laughs> everyone has an interdependent role to get to the shared goal. So just that intentionality in the teams where it's like, there's no way one person can do all the work and there's no way one person could do nothing and they still be successful. They have to do their part that creates the goal or gets them to the goal. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I want to give you a chance to do some shameless promotion. (laughs) I know when I was looking at your website um, last year or so this time, when we were looking at having you for the keynote that you have a lot of different resources there. You have a lot of different things in it. Can you tell, talk about some of those so that, you know, people want to go to, I'm pretty sure it's monicamariejones.com, right? To like, it is. Yes. <laughs> and what, what kinds of things might they find there that, cause I know I'm still on one of your listservs. So talk about some of those things. Oh, absolutely. So I'll highlight three in particular. One is an ebook slash workbook, completely free. It's called Eight Coping Strategies for Challenging Times. So I kind of pulled out some of the things I shared today, like some of those easily accessible self-care strategies, because I feel like self-care has gotten very trendy, sometimes super expensive, and I want to make it accessible. And for those who have busy schedules, something you can just grab and do in a minute or five. And so in that, we talk about grief and loss and taking care of yourself and just some strategies to work through there. So that's a free download. And you can just click on resources on my website. The other free download I have is called Master Your Mindset and Connect with Your Soul. And that is 31 days of journal prompts. And you can either get an email every day for 31 days or you can download the entire workbook if you want to work at your own pace. And I give you a quick inspirational blurb and affirmation and then some sort of powerful coaching question just to give you some time to reconnect with yourself, do some self-reflection. And for those who have gone through the whole 31 days, they always write me, oh my gosh, I had these breakthroughs or it was so good or I need more. So just five minutes in the morning or or the evening, whenever you sit down with it, just to connect with yourself. And the final resource is my Mastery and Manifestation Monday newsletter. So every Monday I write a message and it's a quick inspirational message. And then I'll give like three strategies you can easily access to take care of yourself or connect with community or work through challenges personally or professionally. And, you know, I send that out to my newsletter and post it on social media just so people can have something to think about, reflect on and kind of work through throughout the week. Awesome. I know I've also enjoyed your blogs. So reading those and connecting with those is really great too. Oh my gosh. 
Well, Monica, what else do you want to tell us about? This is your time to, to have an open stage. Hmm. Well, I will share one thing I'm really excited about. I just finished a restoration for leaders retreat in Morocco. And, you know, again, a lot of the leaders who joined me were somehow connected to education or youth development. One of my participants was a principal. And again, it was just nice to literally create that container for those who are usually always leading schools or classrooms or organizations to have some time to rest to connect with other leaders, to share ideas, and also to just think about moving forward. What things do I want to put in place to continue this care? So mm-hmm. when, for example, when I think about principals or leaders, a lot of times we have assistants or people who help us, but we end up helping them more, holding space for them more. So it's like, how can we support them in ways or delegate in ways that give them the opportunity to grow, them the opportunity opportunity to take initiative and that give us a little bit of time and space back to really not always have to be the one to figure things out and to to solve all the problems. So I'm going to continue different levels of retreats, again, that make it accessible. Everyone can't leave the country for a week, right? So I do things like in the community in Detroit for a very nominal fee where they can come to a historic bed and breakfast. It's called Coaching at the Cochrane. I do online events. This week I'm doing a kind of like a paint party, but it's, it's called Vision Canvassing. So it's like creating a vision board with paint and and collage method. And I'm doing that virtually so people from around the country can come together create art, but also use it as a way to set intentions and set goals and connect with others. So I just love to create these experiences at every level of accessibility so that adult leaders, educators, whoever can just have that space for them. And people always talk about how they leave energized with more energy to show up for the young people, to show up for the other adults who they lead or support. That brings me joy to be able to to create those things. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. That's so fabulous. I those that's a lot of really great ideas. I might go look at some of those virtual ones. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you. And bringing your delightful energy and and tips for us to take care of ourselves. I I really like that it's such a centering and important piece and that it needs to be a priority, right? And if it's not a priority, you're really doing a disservice, not just to yourself, but really to everything else you're trying to do. Yep. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love sharing this. So like you said, Joel, go to my blog. Everything I talked about is somehow written or captured somewhere. So <laughs> yep. go access it. <laughs> I love it. I've seen it. Yeah. And we'll be sure to have, um, we'll have a link to your website in our the podcast description for this, for this episode. People will, can go and check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's a wrap for this episode of the More Math for More People podcast. For more information and to stay connected, you can find CPM on both Twitter and Facebook. The music for the podcast was created by Julius H. and can be found on pixabay.com. Join us for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be, Joel? 
It'll be November 29th, which is National Lemon Cream Pie Day. And that sounds so good. I remember one time, I was down south, I think in Florida, I had a lemon cream pie that I'll never forget because it was so tasty. And part of why I just am not going to forget is because usually, you know, when you're in Florida, you get the key lime pie, or at least down there. 